Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. Welcome to Second Wind. This is going to be a show you'll remember because it's full of wonderful promises of an exciting life. I want to start with a little promo this morning because I'm excited about what I have achieved here, and that is I'm releasing my first book. Yay! The title is Effortless Happiness, and it's how about to find your voice and finally ask for what you really want. Now, my book is now available from my website, JoyceBufordEmpowers.com which I will sign if you order it from there, or you can buy it from Amazon. Yes, I'm on Amazon. I've I've had been asked by several people, why did I write a book? Well, you know, I'm all about helping the woman move forward through whatever stressful change she's had in her life, whether it's divorce, uh, loss of parents, just wanting to put some more zip in her life. And wanting to know what she wanted to do to fulfill her life. So that's why I decided to write the book. Honestly, I used this in my own transition because it was a tool that I needed to get clear about. I needed to know who Joyce was after I went through my divorce. So I used this to help me get clear about who I was. Um And I found it to be so helpful that I wanted to make it into create a book that is more of a tool that you go through and you and you implement the the outcome into your life where we deal with what are the values that make you who you are, make you special, make you stand out and be your unique self. So if you're wanting to move through confusion to clarity, I want to encourage you to buy my book. It's You can get it at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or go to Amazon and get your copy there. So, I hope you'll do this. Now, let me tell you about our guest today. I've known this lady about four, six years. It's hard to know. We kind of casually met and then later worked together. But Amy is an owner and founder of Jaguar Artist Management. Her company helps guide and develop artists within their careers in the music industry. She is currently helping develop a new young artist of rock who lives in Rockwell, Texas, Rockwell, Texas, and she is only 16 years old. But she has already been signed by the Creative Artist Agency Nashville for booking and most recently has been signed to the Writer's List Publishing Company. 
She works with several of Nashville's industry veterans, such as Victorian Shaw, Nick Huey, QA, QA, you may want to correct me there. Kua, Kua. Kua. I just put that little southern twist on it. And there you go. Marcus. So Amy not only does that, but she also serves as vice president of business development for the Night of Superstars charitable organization, which honors youth with disabilities and provides them with scholarship opportunities. Night of Superstars Oscar-like events are held each year in St. Louis, Dallas, Houston, Tyler, and now Nashville for 2017. Wow! I want you to know this about Amy before she comes on and says one more word. She is a connector with such a positive and happy energy around her that she's like a Pied Piper. People love to be with her, love to follow her. With her challenges in pursuing her dream, which was the music industry, she has been fascinating. She has had heartbreaks, and she is now moving into awesomeness. So thank you, Amy. Thank you for being here. What an yes. introduction. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I've never been called a never been called a Pied Piper. <laughs> you are a Pied Piper. You are. Yes, that's a... <laughs> and such yes. a connector. But, you know, I always like for my guests to talk about, you know, when we decide what, what's that point in our life that is our pivotal point, it's either, you know, it can be something traumatic, it can be something that, but it's something that just rattles our our core, and we just kind of go. It really gets our attention. So, what what was that in your life that that propelled you into living a life? Sure. No, it's very clear in my mind what that defining moment was. I um, have always been very creative, very driven to kind of create new barriers and new projects. But I lived a life in the corporate world, which I have no complaints. I, I learned discipline. I learned structure. I learned how to manage up to 13 locations at FedEx office, very successful in the corporate world, but I always yearned to go back to my creative side. Mm -hmm. And it was in uh, 2009 when I lost both my parents in the same year. And you talk about rattling your world. Right. And I I came out of that fog in January, and then I was presented with an opportunity to work with um, a music artist named Jamie Garner. And I made that decision. I'll never forget it to leave the corporate world and take a leap into the music industry. I felt God was leading me there. I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew that I, <laughs> I just felt it in my soul. It's time to make a shift. And right. I did. And yes, that's how, that's when it happened. That is such a major change. I mean, did you play an instrument in high school? Did How did you connect to the music industry? It was all 100% marketing. I, ah. I was a marketing major, and yes. that's what led me to FedEx. And so when I saw Jamie Garner doing his performance with his band, I'd never met him or seen him. And mm-hmm. I looked up there, and I, immediately I rebranded the band. I rebranded Jamie. I could tell how the set list needed to be laid out. I saw there was a huge demand in the crowd for this group. But all I could see was the complete package. And so I introduced <laughs> myself, offered to help him, and he said, so what do you do? I said, I'm a district manager for FedEx. And he was like, <laughs> Okay, well, great. Maybe we should go have lunch. So long story short, I convinced him to let me help him. I continued to stay at corporate. 
uh, throughout the next eight months. Um, but things moved at such a pace with Jamie, and he ended up getting a record label 10 months later. And I thought, okay, there's something to this. So <laughs> I am. Um, <laughs> it moved like a freight train. When you know where you're supposed to be and you're in your lane and things are clicking, you know that you've aligned with your gift that you've been given. And um, so that was a moment when I walked into FedEx corporate and gave my notice. It was like something I'll never forget the look on their faces. But now they're they're absolutely reaching out to me on a consistent basis, cheering me on, you know, watching Aww. the progress of what's happening. So yeah, it was a very drastic change, but I had relentless drive to do what I had inside of me that I wanted to do. So, Right. Well, was it just, I mean, I'm, I, I see you. I said, I see you in that audience. Was it, was there a bolt of lightning or was there just an inner knowing that, yep, this is what I'm supposed to do? That, well, that? I, it was pretty instant. I mean, I had been in Dallas 26 years and had seen every artist, every group. And we walked into this club at eight o'clock in the evening and every age was going crazy over the band who was on stage. And I said, who is this? I've never seen this person from a 21-year-old to a grandfather. They were all screaming um, to the music. And I said, there's mm-hmm. something here. What? Who is this person? Mm-hmm. Found out he was formerly on Nashville Star, uh, but nobody knew that. I found that mm-hmm. out later. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just looked up and I said, man, if this is happening now, mm-hmm. I could get a hold of that and adapt it and market it and – just like a product. And that's exactly what we did. And it changed yeah. his career, his life, and it changed mine. Yeah. Well, now you walked into, um, where were you working? Um, At FedEx office. FedEx. And now you, you were a single mother now. I mean, you divorced, right? Yes. Yes. You were a single mother. And so you were, your daughter was how old? She was 11. That's a big step. That's a, lot. a huge step. And not to mention, I had a little bit of money, but I didn't have enough to last more than a year. Yeah. So this was a complete leap of faith of how am I going to live? I just mm-hmm. left a high paying six figure job to jump into something I knew I was supposed to do. And that mm-hmm. took me through, it took me through the first year, which was extremely exciting because things were moving quickly. Uh, we ended up in Nashville three or four times, and then, of course, in October, he got we got the phone call, and we had a meeting with Universal DECA, and he was presented with his record label. That oh. was all an incredible journey in 10 months. Now, what wow. happened after that? Yes. So yes. I'm on a complete high. I mm-hmm. still have a little bit of money to live on. Well, he gets signed and moves on. Then it became quiet because now I'm sitting in Dallas, Texas with no artist, no income, and wondering – what am I about to do now with my life? Have I made a huge mistake? You? Well, he, he moved on to Europe. He left. Ah. He got signed with Universal. <laughs> so ah. that ended. Yeah, they took him and um, he got a new manager over in Europe. He, mm-hmm. he wasn't allowed to have two managers. Mm-hmm. And so I was faced with the silence of what do I do now? And in the meantime, I had been coming to East Texas. Um, I was introduced to Pierre DeVitt, um, gentleman who was the owner of Keeper Saw Enterprises, and he had shown us his recording studio. So we had made several trips over the last few months um, while I was working with Jamie, working in his recording studio, which was super exciting. So when Jamie got signed, Pierre celebrated with us. It was a huge accomplishment. So here was the next step, about a month of quietness. I'm searching for new artists, trying to figure out what my next step is going to be. That was extremely, I was very volatile at that moment. But I knew in my heart that I 
Yes. So, and with a daughter living with me, yeah. looking at me going, Mom, what are we going to do? <laughs> and I, <laughs> I received a phone call from Pierre DeVitt, and he asked me to move to East Texas. And he said, you have a gift. I want you to move to East Texas. Utilize my studio and let me introduce you to some of the people I'm working with, which one of them was Randy Travis at the time. So another leap of faith, my daughter and I picked up. She left all of her friends for her entire life. I left all of mine. We got a U-Haul and we moved to East Texas and began our life here in Tyler, Texas. Um, wow. And that began, yes. So that was another leap of faith. Which Now, uh, Pierre DeVitt has, was an interesting man. He's since left us, but he created, he moved here from, I think, Africa. I don't know if he stopped in between getting to Tyler, Texas from Africa, but he <laughs> created a wine industry here and um, was so... He was a pretty good mover and shaker. It's interesting that he saw, could see in you the promise that you had, this this untapped uh, uh, courage that you had to uh, start your own company. Well, and that's, you know, you look back in your life, and, and Joyce, you're one of them. Pierre's one of them. I did have the passion. I had to drive. He looked at mm-hmm. me, and he said, I've never seen such relentless passion. Mm-hmm. And because of Pierre, he helped me mold that and directed me. And so once I moved to East Texas, we began working in the studio and the next step I met my new artist was Taylor Hurd and we began Mm -hmm. recording and things just started happening again. So I knew that this was another phase of confirmation that this gift of mine was where I was supposed to be. And that journey lasted for three years working with her. Um, So that, that was incredible. And all of a sudden one day I look up, I'm like, I'm in East Texas working in this recording studio. I'm no longer in corporate life. I'm working with Randy Travis. He's sitting here in the studio with me playing Amazing Grace with my artist. Moments that you just stop right. and breathe it in and say, this is incredible. I would have missed this had I not followed my gut. Yeah, right. Yes. And then, and then you went through another just personal down where you got stressed in your personal life. And um, then that's when you and I started um, working together and um, we did some great work. Just you (laughs) did some great work. I didn't, you did um, in moving through um, all those transitions. Well, and the transitions are important because that's where most people when it gets really quiet and really dark, that's where you start questioning yourself, thinking, mm-hmm. maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this. Maybe I'm supposed to go back to corporate world. I'm, I feel irresponsible because I should have a steady income coming in. And that's, especially as a single mother, that, that responsibility that I felt, because although things were great with Pierre, working with my new artist, um, that new artist ended up moving to Nashville, made some poor decisions, and I had to end that relationship. But mm-hmm. also, Pierre decided to give up on music because Mm. it is a very frustrating industry. People think you can go in and buy it, or they think if you do X, Y, and Z, you're going to become famous or um, they just get misguided. And so he got frustrated and gave up. So at that point, that's where you met me. I was Mm -hmm. at another crossroads. Mm -hmm. Money was running low again. I had no artist. I'm in East Texas now (laughs) looking at you going, okay, I'm about to end of my rope here. I'm out of money. 
you know, I got a, I got a job, but it's not where I want to be. I had to go and get employment and, and make a small mm-hmm. salary just to be able to survive. But what I did not do is give up on my dream. And there were times where Pierre would look at me and he said, you have no business going to Nashville. You have no money. You have no artists. And I said, sir, with all due respect, I'm supposed to be there this week. <laughs> and so I, re- I would. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> you remember that? I remember and, <laughs> and I seriously would drive and I would have to stay in these hotels that I can't even believe I stayed in these hotels. I would have to sleep on the end of the bed and, and just curled up position just to try to get through the night because I knew I had to be in Nashville. And, mm-hmm. and the cool part was I would come home and I would be like, you know what? I knew I was supposed to be there because I just met Victoria Shaw and connected with her. And she believes in my gift and the artists that I put in front of her. Every trip provided a new connection. And at this point, I still had no artist. I was just mm-hmm. going and meeting people and building a network in Nashville that I knew that that's what I was supposed to be doing. I was staying in a uh, a writer's bungalow for $25 a night. And mm-hmm. the lady said, I know you're, I know you don't write songs, but I really like you. So I'm going to let you stay here. <laughs> <laughs> See, she's a Pied Piper. Did I tell you that? I told you that. She makes people just do amazing things for her. <laughs> and then my brother, who's the sensible one of the family, texted me going, why are you in Nashville? And I'm like, I can't explain it. I just know I'm supposed to be here. Just trust me. This is all going to work out fine. And I came back and I had the talk from my brother of Amy. This has become a hobby. This is a hobby. It's not, it's not, I know you started your own company. I know you love doing this, but it is now a hobby and you need to get serious about your life. You have a daughter. So I had to push through a lot of adversity. Um, I had a, you know, when things were going great, when we were with Randy Travis and when Jamie got signed, everybody was with me. Everybody wants to travel with me. Everybody wanted to go to the shows. But when mm-hmm. there was no artists and no excitement, they were gone. Yeah. So a lot you learn well, along the path. That's what I, being part of this, part of it, seeing part of that. That's what's so um, we kind of forget that once you have some good fortune, I'm going to say good fortune, results of good work, like you did. You connected with Pierre, Randy, Travis, all of that, and you were going, and the the little needle was going up, 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 up. And then there was a a change, a hiccup, a condition change, and you went so far down. And, And most people would say, it's too far. I can't do this. But you didn't. You kept saying, I'm, I've got this vision and I'm going to do it. And you just you just kept going. You're just relentless. And I think that's what we forget when we're building and working toward our dream is that we've got to be committed, even when it's dark outside and we're working with a flashlight. Right. Absolutely. And looking back, and I know that this sounds very cliche and people say this all the time, but once you live it. When you have nothing, I mean, I, I went from, like I said, a six-figure job, mm-hmm. had just about everything I wanted. My daughter was well provided for, but she was able to see me go from that level down to a Christmas where she got two items, where mm-hmm. we couldn't travel and do vacations. And so my daughter sacrificed along with me, and she looks at me today, and she says, Mom, all of that, all of that, all of the gifts and clothes and all of that doesn't matter. I got to watch you and I pushed through the pain and I'm so proud of you, mom, for where you are today. And I mean, she has learned the value of, um, of love and of joy and of hard work and perseverance. 
So mm-hmm. through that dark time, when there were almost about three breakdowns, as you know, <laughs> <laughs> we had the most special Christmas together. Um, mm-hmm. She is 20 years old and on her own and providing for herself. And I, if I died tomorrow, I wouldn't have to worry about that girl. She understands how to get out in this world and, and make things happen. Mm-hmm. So it's many blessings came from that darkness. Uh, mm-hmm. But that is where most people give up because it was it was tougher than I can even explain. Mm-hmm. But the joy that you that you that you experience coming out of that, I've never felt anything like it in my life. Mm-hmm. And if it was all handed to me, I could not enjoy it as much as I am right now. Right. Because I appreciate everything in my life and every step of this journey. What did you hold on during that too during that darkness? There has to be something that gave you support and courage. What it Well, you know my faith. I mean, yeah. um it obviously wasn't things uh, because right. that, that that pretty much all went away, but um I came extremely close to my walk with God and um I always have been a Christian. I've always been close to God, but not to the point of full dependence. And I gave my entire life. I said, "Lord, take everything from me as long as I can be in your will and follow your path. And I know that this is something that you place inside of me. Nothing else matters. So mm. without him, I wouldn't have gotten through anything, but my family, right. my close mentors and friends. And mm-hmm. you, like I said earlier, you find out who those people are quickly. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm so thankful for you. And I've got five people in my life that help kind of pull and guide and coach and, and, and pull me through. So, um, yeah. And, you know, you don't have like 15. If, if you have two people in your life, you're blessed during that time. So, yeah. Yeah. So you your faith, of course, was very strong and grew during that time. And sometimes we forget that adversity is really put into our lives to grow. It's the tool that that we're given to help us grow. It's not the tool to help us stop. It's to help us move forward. And some people miss the opportunity because they get into themselves. You did not. You kept that that dream, that passion that you had was so alive that you kept moving with it. And that's what, you know, I think that's another contributor to your moving forward and getting to. You never stopped, Amy. You never stopped. No, no. <laughs> Even no, if you I'll were sleeping you. in that $25 place. Oh, God. I'm talking to You didn't take any pictures, did you? No, no, <laughs> no. But, it, I mean, we walk into the front lobby and it smells of mildew. I mean, it was bad. Mm. But I couldn't. I was so tired I couldn't drive the 11 hours by myself alone. So I just, I'm like, you know what, I'll just pull over and stop. But um, one thing, too, that you truly helped me kind of strip back the layers. You have to be willing to be so raw about your strengths and your your opportunities instead of weaknesses. I hate that word, but I mean, I've, I've laid everything out to you. Here is where I'm strong, and here is where I, I, I have, I'm horrible at this choice, whether it's finances, whether it's managing my time, whether it's um, – I just told you everything. And mm. with that information, you were able to help kind of structure me and keep me focused – but you have to be willing to, whoever's mentoring you, you have to be willing to open up and tell them everything. Mm-hmm. Because well, I think yeah, once you get it, yeah. Yeah, during that time, Amy had the foresight to see that she needed some outside support other than, her, of course, her faith in God and and her passion 
that was there. And so we did coach together and we worked out because Amy didn't have a bunch of money, but we worked it out in an agreeable way that we could work together. That point being, there are people out there that have just as much passion to help people grow and move as they in the coaching world as not. So we want to see people flourish and the and the, so Amy and I worked out an agreement, and she was worked with me for a while. And and oh, my blessing is I just have such a fascinating person <laughs> to know and grow with. She's uh, it's been a joy. But um, so Amy, I thank you that we had that time together. But it, she brings me in every once in a while to tell me all the joys that she's going through now, which. One of them that she received during that time was uh, knowing what her value was. So, Amy, how important is it that you know who you are? It is everything because you can be coached and encouraged for hours and days and weeks. But until you learn your value and can stand on your own and speak that, that's where my shift occurred. Mm -hmm. So once. I worked with you and learned that and was able to communicate that to the next mentors that came in my life. Um, mm-hmm. Until I was fully ready to do that, then nothing changed. But as soon as I had that conversation with the next mentor that stepped in, right, the entire dynamic moved. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time is where now my career is exploding. I have wonderful opportunities coming my way, both financially, career-wise, charity-wise. I mean, it's Everything has changed, but it took yeah. that defining moment of, of learning my worth and not being afraid to say, these are my gifts. I'm willing to offer these to you, and here is what I'm worth. I always had that guilt of, well, I don't want to overcharge, or I don't even want to charge, or mm-hmm. I'm just lucky to be in the presence of that person instead right. of, you know what? They're lucky to have me too. So mm. if we combine our gifts for a bigger purpose. Let's work together. No egos involved. Once you know your lane and you stay mm-hmm. in it, then that's where doors start flying open. But I right. had to go through that. And you were, you were that main person that caused that to happen for me and made the shift happen. So now any mentor mm-hmm. that I come across, I know my worth and I'm confident and I'm able to speak what my gifts are and able to speak the lanes that I cannot function in. And they love that. And they're able to take mm-hmm. that and plug it into the project that we're on. Ah, great. I want to, when we come back, where well, we have... What do you mean when you say worth? Could you define it very briefly? I mean, you you work, you did some things like surrounding yourself with experts in different fields. And so that they could become your teachers. They could share their knowledge with you, right? Oh, wait, yes. don't go into it, Amy, because I need to go to break. <laughs> I don't want you to get into it. But when we come back, I really do want us to expound just a little bit more about what we mean when we say worth, value, and how we can get that clarity about who we are. Because when you've got that in your pocket, then you know what stage you can stand on. You can confidently interact with mentors. You can pretty well hold your own in most uncomfortable situations. And that's how you grow is by constantly putting yourself forward in those situations. So um, I do want to talk about that because uh, uh, 
I think it's very important. One of the tools that you may want is, of course, my book, and that'll be helpful to you. I'll tell you about that when we come back after the break. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking today with Amy Fish. She's the owner, founder of Jaguar Artist Management, also vice president of business development for the Night of Superstars, which is a charitable organization. So before we went to break, we talked just a little bit about worth and knowing your value. Um, Amy, on her journey um, through getting to know herself clearer, um, went through an evaluation of what her values were, because those are those are the things you have to hold on to when you're put in uncomfortable situations with the confidence of knowing this is me and I stand with this quality, with this worth. So, Amy, you you went through the ups and downs, the dark, the light times, and but you you continued to move forward even when it was challenging, even when it was difficult, even when you were hungry, and <laughs> and and you surrounded yourself with experts because you know that's where you're going to grow. So it's all about learning and moving and training. It's constant training so that you can grow. But tell us about your worth what were the did you learn a lot from mentors was it the exercises we did how did you really get to be confident in knowing your worth well I think it's a combination of things but I'll start with uh, one of one of my main five people in my life as far as mentorship and that's Ken May Ken mm-hmm. May is currently the CEO of Topgolf he was mm-hmm. the CEO of FedEx office when I worked for him for seven yeah. years Mm-hmm. And I remember receiving a phone call. I was in one of my centers and they said, Ken May's on the phone for you. And I went, okay. <laughs> and he got on the phone and he said, are you available next week? 
to come to corporate and I need you to speak to um, the March of Dimes chapter presidents and help motivate them. Well, I had met mm. Ken. He came to my centers. He had given me A-plus visit scores and, you know, just maybe once every six months he would come through. So this was mm-hmm. something I did not expect. And through that experience, I went, I encouraged, I motivated, I got a standing ovation at corporate. And mm-hmm. afterwards he said, I chose you because of your gift. And oh, <laughs> said, see, they've been telling you... you this for years. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I he, burned. He, <laughs> he said, you have the gift of motivating, encouraging um, these chapter presidents. Um, they were losing luster. They were not raising money. They had lost their, you know, their drive and ambition. And I knew that if I brought you into a room that they would understand what perseverance looked like and success. And so I was absolutely blown away. But that gentleman, he said, you know, he encouraged me by acknowledging my gift, but I also mm-hmm. watched him over the years. And what he did, which every successful person does, is surround themselves with experts. And Ken had no ego. He brought people that were stronger than him in every single area of corporate life. And mm-hmm. he, he was not afraid to admit that. He knew what his strengths were. He acknowledged them. But then as soon as he hit a, a topic he was not an expert at, he brought somebody in. And, and it sounds really easy. But a lot of people can't get past that phase because it's all about them. They want the accolades. They want mm-hmm. the praise and recognition. Mm-hmm. He was never that man. He never even wore a name badge. He refused to have security coming in the stores. He would talk to the FedEx drivers about their families and versus the regional managers that were touring with him. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot just by watching him and mm-hmm. observing. Mm-hmm. And as I built Jaguar, I did the same thing. I'm like, I am mm-hmm. not an online um, internet girl right so I would bring mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'd bring someone so I started building the team that way but so I started there mm-hmm. I knew that that was going to be very successful for me to always surround myself know my worth but it wasn't until I met you that I learned I knew how to build a team but I've never mm-hmm. had to present myself alone to someone that's sitting in front of me and requesting my help and asking me that question this all sounds great Amy but what is this going to cost me <laughs> And mm-hmm. that moment was the toughest moment for me until I met with you and went through your training. Mm-hmm. Sounds really easy, but to verbally say, this is what my gift is and this is what I'm going to charge was really hard because when you right. love what you do, you have a guilt. And I, at least I did. I don't know if other mm-hmm. people go through that. Mm-hmm. No, so it's the, quite common. <laughs> <laughs> the, the role playing that you and I did, the analyzing, you know, what I'm bringing to the table, those mm-hmm. conversations I walked away with, you know what? You're right. Those people that I have met in Nashville, those industry veterans that I have become friends with and earned their trust, mm-hmm. that's worth a lot of money mm-hmm. to a 16-year-old artist out of Rockwall that is doing wonderful but is not connected at a level with people that will help launch her. And right. I had to learn how to articulate that and how to put a value to that and present that. And because of you, I was able to do that. And well, he agreed. And that changed everything. And it's mm-hmm. only gotten stronger as I've moved forward in this next endeavor. Mm-hmm. And you have some really exciting things that are coming your way. So I'm, you know, I can't, I'm just looking forward to the next chapter <laughs> as it unfolds, unfolds. Well, so the but, key word you said unfold. And I just want to reiterate that is that if you're living for, I'll be happy when it won't work. Mm. Um, there are people in the music industry that 
they have their eye on the prize. Well, I'll be happy when my artists get signed to a label. I'll be happy when we have 100,000 people in the crowd. I'll be happy when I'm making X amount of money. If that's your goal, you'll never be satisfied. So I am just as joyful working at a rehearsal, running to get them lunch <laughs> for the band, <laughs> sitting back, watching Erin perform, critiquing, helping her with stage press yeah. when no one's around. That right. brings me just as much joy as the moment when she's going to get signed to a label. So it's about the journey and not so much the end goal. There's never that an end is, goal. Amy, that is so big. You made a very important statement there. People do. They wait. They think happiness is down the road when I do this, when I do that. You live happiness every day. And that's so, I'm so glad you brought that up because we overlook it. We we wait for happiness to come knock on our door. It's a choice that we make every day. So I'm I'm really glad you you brought that up because that's really important. Really, really, really. It is. Yes. One of the things that Amy has continued to do is always been part of who she is, and that is involve herself with charities. And she's done this since 2000. I've worked with Amy has worked with organizations such as American Cancer Society and Cattle Barons, which is an event that's um, for cancer here in Tyler. It's all over, though, you know, the United States, I think, or maybe it's just in Texas. I don't know. But uh, it is a big fundraiser for the Cancer Society. And now she's moved on to work with or she still does some work with cattle barons such as get the singers and the performers um, and work with them. But to now she is working with Night of Superstars organization. She volunteered first for Night of Superstars, led to entertaining director, which led to VP of business development. And now she is joining forces with an international mission called The Last Well. So you may want to talk to us a little bit about the Night of Superstars, you know, what that is, why you're so drawn to that, uh, that um, nonprofit organization. Wonderful. Yes, thank you. So I was invited to my first Night of Superstars about seven years ago, eight years ago, mm-hmm. by one of the artists that I was working with, Jason Ashley. And he said, he calls me Fish. He's like, Fish, you have got to come attend this event. This is the most joyful evening that you will ever experience. So, of course, I went to Fort Worth to the Omni, and I knew that the event was about young adults and children that had some sort of disabling condition, but I knew that this was an Oscar-like event, that they were going to receive awards. Despite their adversity, these children and young adults have accomplished just jaw-dropping accomplishments. I mean, you get around one of these children, and, you know, there's one girl, Caitlin, that has no arms and no legs. And she's an artist and one of the happiest people you have ever met in your life. And you spend five minutes with one of these children and you're like, you know what? This afternoon I was just complaining about how I have to pack this entire house in two days. <laughs> and then here's this girl that has more joy than you've ever seen in your life. So within the first 30 minutes of me being at this event, I had more joy in my heart. And I looked at Jason and I said, whatever it takes, whatever you need from me, I'm all in. I, I'm here to help in whatever capacity. So that first evening, instead of attending, I was back behind stage as the children were preparing for the red carpet. They were coming out of the limos. There was more screaming, eeks, excitement. 
wheelchair spinning around because they were superstars <laughs> about to hit a red carpet. Mm-hmm. And I said, everybody, everybody be quiet. The paparazzi's out there. And they're screaming. They're like, the paparazzi? And I said, yes, you guys are superstars. <laughs> and they were grabbing onto my leg. And I, I just, I will never forget that defining moment. Mm-hmm. So yeah. as the years went on, I continued to help in any way that I could. Um, obviously stayed in my lane and started bringing music to the event, bringing different mm-hmm. artists. Mm-hmm. And it's just, my heart just continued to say, Lord, where can we, how can we help grow this to bring even more children to be able to attend and, and benefit from this event? And so right. Greg and I discussed, so we grew it to Houston, Nashville, of course, Tyler, of course. And um, now after joining with this new charity called The Last Well, as you mentioned, we mm-hmm. will be in 20, we'll have 20 events by the year 2020, including uh, really? endeavors. Yes. Yes. So all of that (laughs) has happened just in the past two months. Yes. This is news to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In fact, I'm heading to to have have another. (laughs) (laughs) So all of that has just happened. And, you know, when when you, when you pray, you pray big. And so I've always, always asked God, you know, help me go as big as possible with these kids and, you know, show us the ways so that we can get as many children involved and, so, yes, we're going to continue to grow Night of Superstars, and now we've combined with The Last Well with Todd Phillips, who is helping children and families over in Africa. So now not only are we going to be helping support children in the U.S., we're going to help support children in Africa with, with schooling, clean water, um, and having these children communicate through one another. Um, so it's just <laughs> – you know, I wake last- up in the morning, I'm like, I went from a hotel room at $49 no, actually $39 a night. <laughs> so now I'm going to Africa. Now I wish you'd taken pictures. Gosh, I missed it. Oh, I know. Maybe I have some on my old computer, but I have phone calls I made to people. In case I don't come out, this is where I'm at. So I actually made those oh, phone no. calls. We all have those moments we would rather forget. Sure, sure. So the last well is really about water or is it about education? It's, it's both? about both. It's both. Yes. So Todd Phillips um, was the assistant pastor at a church in Rockwall, and he challenged his teenage uh, students to come up with something that they thought would change the world. Well, he said, be careful what you ask for, because they came to him and they said, water is the biggest need in the world. We want to provide clean water and we want to find the toughest place in the world to go give it to. And he Mm -hmm. said, where is that? So for a three week period, they did all their research and the misery index came up with Liberia. Number two, the most dangerous place to live, and number two, the most miserable place. Wow. So but by the year 2020, um, the Last Well Foundation will provide clean water to every family, child, as well as provide education. The education piece is coming in through this merge with Night of Superstars. Mm. So, yes. So it started with let's help these children in the U.S. to now a global endeavor. Um and yes, Joyce, I'm going to Africa in July. So I haven't had a chance to tell you cool. that either. Now we're in Africa. We're in Africa. In, Li- in Liberia. So we're going to go Liberia. over there and and um, spend about 10 days. And I'm going to learn how the wells are formed and meet the mm-hmm. families and start talking about education and um, really be a part of something that's making a huge difference. So, <laughs> so Night of Superstars is education? Yes, we are uh, beginning a scholarship program. Yes. So the the event is, for, I mean, the event is their feel good. It's their Oscar evening of celebration. 
but yes. it just doesn't end with the event. We oh. want to make sure that when these kids are ready to go to college, that we help provide um, at least their first year of college. Now, many of them take an entrepreneurial route and open up their own companies. We have one that opened a snow cone company, have one that opened up their own shredding company. We want to be there for them to support them and lift them up as they go through school or whether they start their own business. Mm-hmm. So, yes, um, we are raising money globally now to help all of the superstars, not only current, but from our past, our mm-hmm. alumni. So mm-hmm. it's, we're going to be raising a lot of money to make sure that these kids are taken care of. Um, we have a mentorship program. So, for example, um, Top Golf. We have children going through corporate, learning um, different avenues from marketing to leadership. <laughs> we have mm-hmm. roofing companies that take one of the superstars with them. Whatever their passion is, we're going to find mm-hmm. a mentor to pair them with and be able to help them grow in, in their individual careers. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. it's a lifelong commitment. Yes. Ah, well, well, what happens? Uh, all right. So you're going to Africa. You're going to Nashville, right? Yes, I'll be moving to Nashville next summer. Next yes. summer. Okay. Next summer. We'll get your guest room ready. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or give exactly. me the couch. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, I've never been in Nashville. Oh, my goodness. If y'all have not been to Nashville, it is, they call it Music City, but there is such an energy that you can't even put into words, whatever mm-hmm. type of music you like, but it's beautiful. It's most, one of the most beautiful parts of the country. You can go out on rolling hills and mm-hmm. farms and horses and wineries, or you can come to the middle of downtown and enjoy live music for three blocks straight. So wow. whatever, whatever your interest, you'll find it in Nashville. Is it all country? No, no, it's music city. I mean, there is, Oh my gosh, BB King, you know, had his own venue there. There's jazz, there's rock, pop. It's it's mm. a it's a mixture. It's a mecca of music. So you can find any genre that you like. Yes. So okay, so we've got Amy Fish who started who went from a thirty nine dollar motel room at her lowest, one of her lowest points. <laughs> but in her city of Nashville or on the way to Nashville. So her dream, and now she's getting to go to another dream, which is she didn't even know she had, which was to go to Liberia, Africa, to see the world, and moving to Nashville. So that's pretty awesome. (laughs) It's it's incredible. I have goosebumps right now just thinking about everything that's happening. And I have people come up to me, they go, I want to live your life. (laughs) I'm like, then live it. And they're like, yes. oh, you have such a fun job. Yeah. But they yeah. have no idea. And I remember Steve Harvey put something up one day. Someone shared it on YouTube and on Facebook, and it was called Jump. I don't know if you've seen that, but he yeah. talks about mm-hmm. every entrepreneur that you see as they're vacationing or as they're getting mm-hmm. in their jet, they've all jumped. They've all taken that risk, and they've all That's been right. scraped as they've fallen down the cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, not one of them has not hit the valley and had to crawl mm-hmm. out. So Mm -hmm. there's a price that you pay, but to me, the price of not paying it is worse than going through the valley. Mm -hmm. I don't want to wake up and be 70 and go, oh, man, God gave me that gift, (laughs) and I I wish I would have gotten to do this. And, you know, I'm I'm not a safety net person. I'm I'm one that jumps. So So would jump be the thing that you would offer to that woman out there that's listening today that needs 
some encouragement that is in a really dark place right now and just needs to needs to almost be rebirthed. She just is feeling so lost. Absolutely. I would say jump, but jump with a harness. And that harness would be someone like Joyce Buford. So oh. um, it's one thing to jump, but you, you really need someone around you that you trust, that can help guide you, that you can open up completely to, whether that's a pastor or a life coach or a family member that can help you along your way. But it, it's, it's first about just reaching out and getting that help and support um, and then having some structure as you jump. Because when I jumped, I, I just completely jumped by myself. And it would probably would have been a little bit easier had I had a choice around me at the time. But I didn't. So by the time I came crawling to her, I'd already suffered a lot of bruises. So you could probably eliminate some of the pain if you just really are willing to just be raw and real and get some support and guidance. But yes, you've got to take the jump and realize, you know, what's important in my life? Is it is it all the beautiful decorations I have in my house and a fancy car, is this what's making me happy? Or do I want to go travel and do X, Y, Z? So you, you see all these people moving into tiny houses because they're giving up on all the material things because they want to go travel. Right. So it's, yeah. you know, and then there's many that are blessed that have both and that's wonderful. You just have mm-hmm. to figure out and assess your own situation. But yeah, there, if you're out there and you're going, gosh, that's all sounds great, but I don't have any money. I don't have a mentor. I don't have any options. Just pray mm-hmm. about it because you, well, you've got Joyce. So she's worth traveling to wherever you are. Well, so you can do it. To you. <laughs> you, thank you, Amy. Thank you. Thank you. But there's, there's, I do want that woman that's out there to know there's all of my shows, all of my shows talk about there's hope, there's change. You can do it. There's tomorrow. There's future. There's joy. There's happiness, but you have to want it. You have to move toward it. And like you found, you immediately saw through looking at the stage that you wanted. Some people have trouble making that decision. What is that I like? What do I want? Where do I want to spend my time? Then to that person, I say, just start moving. Pick where you'd like to be, where you you can't get lost in time. On whatever area could be potting plants, could be working in the yard, could be and get a job in that area because that's a sign that you love doing that work. You love music, right, Amy? Yes, yes. And you start moving in that direction. Right. And remember, I kept my job at FedEx for 10 months. I was doing music at night, getting Mm -hmm. home at two in the morning, getting up at six on the highway at 645. I mean, I completely wore myself out, but I knew I had to keep my income as I was trying to figure out, is this where I'm supposed to be? And as that started rolling, I realized this is where I'm supposed to be. And then I was able to leave, but it is about putting that first step forward and, you know, analyzing how you spend your time. I found myself just going to dinner here and there and going to this function and I could fill my time. I could fill up every Uh night of the week with people that I know and events. Uh And then I realized, am I just filling my time? So that I'm not home alone and, and facing <laughs> the ugly truth of some things I have to handle? Or do I want to spend my time and put it in a forward motion into where my passion is? And that was a big shift as well. I yeah. was a time filler. Social you time did filler. some, I remember we talked about house cleaning, friends. You did some house cleaning. You know, if a friend is not contributing to your life, even though you've had them since you were three or four or five, 
and there we grow, but we grow at different rates. We grow in different areas. It doesn't mean you have to stay with that friend forever because it could be like an anchor. You need to be doing, hanging out with that friend that contributes to your life as well, has similar interests, can support you, wants to be with you. That's very important. And you did that, Amy. You went through that transition. Yeah, several phases I've done that. And um, the one thing you have to conquer is, I remember my mother before she passed told me, if you have one or two dear friends, people that you can just tell everything to, that you can trust, that are there in the valleys and there on the mountaintops, consider yourself blessed. Well, I'm one that's always had tons of friends, mm-hmm. always helping them, always listening. But as you mentioned, they weren't aligned with, with my vision and my dream. So I'm not, I don't believe that, like I have one friend, I won't say her name. She has nothing to do with anything that I'm involved in, but she's encouraging. She cheers me on. She um, introduces me to people. So, you know, I would not never like, not associate with her, but I did have some people that I was hanging out with that were negative. They weren't driven. Mm -hmm. They were complacent. Um, Mm -hmm. and I had to, I had to cut that because I want to be around driven people that are passionate, whatever their, their dream is. Um, because what is the saying? Iron iron sharpens iron. And so, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I met Don Kinsey who manages, uh, the artist I work with. It's her father. Um, Uh he's an entrepreneur and, um, it manages wealth for others. And then Todd uh-huh. Phillips, who runs the, the last law, I got around these two and they, they are, <laughs> have taken my passion and helped just align it. And, and I'm a full speed ahead locomotive now um, that's focused. And so mm-hmm. um, just getting around those two and spending time with them has made a huge difference in my time and my life. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I think, um, I mean, mm-hmm. it's wonderful that, You've had that opportunity to expand with those two gentlemen. But there's in selecting your friends, I bet there's one thing you don't really hear from them, and that's a lot of complaining. And I think too many times we stay with people that complain all the time. Right? Yes. Um, and I used to be a really good listener, <laughs> and, and, and I still am. However, I'm a kind of like, well, you know what? You got to, you got to buckle up and get ready for the journey and handle it. And, and same for me. I used to, I used to give in to, to drama and trauma and, and buckle and freak out. And now I stand firm and face it head on. So it's absolutely who you hang around with. And when I'm with these people in Nashville, the the contacts I'm working with, when I'm with Don, when I'm with Todd, when, you know, I'm with Greg, all these people that I work with, it's purposeful. It's fun because we're all in our lanes, but it's purposeful time. Right. And then I go with my girlfriends and sit out the lake and have wine and all oh, that's great and it's relaxing. But when I'm working and those I choose to associate with, it's full speed ahead and purposeful right. and driven. Well, Amy, uh, tell us what's you've already told us some exciting travels you've got. But is there something that you would tell the listener out there, some, some thought to leave them with today? Well, you mentioned it earlier and... I think I could wrap it all up with joy is a choice and whatever stage you're in, whether you're ready to jump, whether you've already jumped and now you're in a valley, um, even if you're on a mountaintop, joy is a choice. So um, every day I wake up and I just choose to be happy. (laughs) And if adversity (laughs) hits me now, instead of freaking out and falling apart, I I just choose to not let it take my joy away. 
Because yeah. that's going to happen. Things are going to occur. And so wherever you're at, um, choose joy and then get up and make that jump. You, right. Uh, I, right? I mean, yes. just do it. You're so just right. do it. Yeah. One step in front of the other, but you've got to do it. Yeah. Well, Amy, this has been delightful. I've loved spending the time with you. I know my listeners have gained valuable information. Um, you've been very open with us and shared all the information that all that we might use as excuses if we didn't want to go forward in our lives. So I thank you very much for being with us today. Well, um, I, I thank you. And I thank you personally for what you've done in my life. It's been well, a huge, huge factor in what's happening. Yeah. Been fun. Been really fun. Yes. <laughs> and we'll continue to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get that sofa ready. Okay. <laughs> Friends, we are closing our hour. And I just have loved being with Amy today. And I know that you've gained valuable information. Next week, we will be back. And don't forget that my book is available. Go to Amazon, get your copy, and start. Take a step toward getting clear. Get out of that fuzziness, okay? I look forward to being with you next week so that we can continue on this journey of finding everyone's worth. Have a great day. It's been fun. Thanks. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at 